go today, guys. We are back here live once again. Another episode of Hot Takes with TP3. Today is Wednesday, March 27th, 2019. Once again, me and Brett coming at y'all. It's a crazy week of March Madness last week. Brett, you excited, ready to get down to Man, it? Man, I've had a couple days to kind of just sit back, enjoy the, you know, non-crazy, non-madness. And honestly, I'm ready to get back into it. Uh, I've already kind of had some withdrawals. I'm ready to see some uh, good basketball being played. Honestly, this tournament seems like we talked about it on the first time we even mentioned March Madness. If you're gonna if you're gonna do a bracket, you might as well go with some favorites. Yeah, and this is the bracket of favorites, with the exception of Oregon. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think Oregon, it's Oregon and Auburn. I would say. Well, honestly, you know, if Oregon still had Bull Bull, they would really they would be, really a, be a one yeah. seed because I mean the Pac-12 is so weak this year. I mean Oregon mm-hmm. would have walked through the Pac-12. I don't think they would have lost a game in Pac-12 play if they had Bull Bull. So and props to them for getting it back together because yeah. when they lost Bull Bull, they did not look like a good team. Uh, they were looking pretty poor, and they stepped it up. They have that, you know, the, that press that I love when they score. They press mm-hmm. on defense. I think that's awesome. Uh, they kind of got away from it in the tournament. I think they're kind of preserving themselves a little bit. But they have their biggest game yet of the season, Virginia. Uh, that's going to be a big one. And, I mean, we got a lot of good matchups across oh, yeah. the board. No, it was just crazy to me to watch this weekend. I mean, the underdogs did a decent job of covering the spread. But overall, just to see all these favorites keep winning, like especially after Saturday, I was kind of like on Sunday, I was sitting there and I was kind of – trying to pick the games and whatnot, lock in the plays for the day. And I was like, geez, like, it's kind of crazy that no favorites lost yesterday. I was like, I feel like it's about to go down today. I mean, Duke almost lost. I mean, it was it was definitely – I mean, it was not what I was expecting. You know, usually March Madness, you have some crazy upsets. So I feel like there's almost always a one or a two seed that oh, goes yeah. out on the first or second day. So And to, to be them. honest, Duke – I mean, Coach K said it himself. Duke got lucky. Oh, yeah. I mean, that game was – Probably the best game of the tournament. I don't see another game even topping that. Yeah. Uh, unless, I mean, we just get a wild I guess finish. Auburn, New Mexico State was pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, but, I mean, was... then again, just because it was a first-round game, it wasn't, you know, a one-seed in Duke. Mm-hmm. It's a Zion Williamson effect. I mean, he has such a large impact on basketball, and it's evident that they're the most popular team in the tournament. And, man, like, that last two minutes of that game – were insane. I still don't understand how Aubrey Dawkins' ball just rolled out. I mean, it's tough for UCF. Yeah, that missed dunk. I mean, that that was a backbreaker. I also thought that Kentucky got a little lucky. You know, that game came down to the wire. And yeah. Fletcher McGee was over. Yeah, he was what, over. 12 over twelve. And yeah, over twelve with only one assist, which is the big number for me. One <laughs> assist. If you can't. If you can't score, you got to find a way to get your yeah. team involved. Realistically, somehow. Kentucky should have lost that game. Like, yeah. I think that was probably the worst game in Fletcher McGee's college, college career, career that he ever played. And, and they, they lost won by six points. Six points. Yeah, yeah. Kentucky yeah. covered the spread at the beginning. Barely. It was kind of funny. I was in uh, Twin Peaks and Buckhead watching the game, and there was a bunch of people just freaking out over losing that game. The spread was at my, it was at five and a half for uh, for Wofford, and there was a lot of people freaking out in there about losing that. But I mean, Kentucky could have easily gone down. I mean, they. Wofford gave him a hell of a game there, but let's get down to it here. I mean, do you think that Duke should still be the favorite here to win the title? They jumped from two to one to three to one over the weekend. Okay, I'm gonna say that Duke is still the favorite, just out of you know rolling on the hype train. I think that there is a lot of teams that are very close. I think it's probably as far as this tournament goes. There's all the one seeds still mm-hmm. in it, which is rare. Honestly, yeah, it's pretty rare. Um, all those one seeds legitimately have a chance. I mean, I would say that while I'm gonna pick me personally, I'm gonna pick Duke, I'm not even gonna argue with you if you pick Virginia or you pick North Carolina. I'm just not gonna, I'm not gonna argue with you because it's all about preference at this point. I don't think that there is any salt like solidified favorite. I think that there's teams with star players all across the board. And I think it's really just about who who comes to play on any given day. So I, I don't think that there is necessarily a set-in-stone favorite like there has been in the past. I think that Duke is kind of my preference for the favorite just because they've been able to kind of win. And I mean, at the end of the UCF game, all three of their big-name players made a big-time play. And that's what I like to see in March Madness. I mean, you're not going to – obviously, they're going to be close games. So you'd like to see your best players – have the best plays 
in any given game. So I think that Duke is definitely going to roll on some momentum with a UCF win. I mean, that was a close one. That was a very close call. Yeah. And I think that, that that's just my reasoning for them being my favorite. Mm-hmm. But who, who do you got? So I'm I know you're on, a Tar Heel guy. Yeah, I already I'm know. I'm still on Tar Heel Nation to win it all here. I mean, I like them best. But my thing about Duke here is, look, guys, I mean, they definitely got lucky into UCF. UCF was, looks like they could not get a bucket at all in that first game. Again, who who they played in that first? VCU. VCU. I mean, that was an ugly game, very low-scoring game. It was not – I mean, I did, really didn't think UCF had a chance, but I stayed away from the game myself just because I knew that I had seen stats throughout the day that kind of favored UCF. But also, I mean, Duke, if they were to make it to the Final Four, would be the worst team in MC – it would be the worst three-point shooting team in NCAA history to make it to a Final Four. They don't have uh, Marquise Bolden. Jack White also is, is questionable for this game against Virginia Tech. I mean, I think that second day after seeing Zion, RJ, and Cam play, I mean, it's going to be a tough game against Virginia Tech. They're going to have to play 40-plus minutes in this game, 40 minutes in this game. I don't think they can turn around on the second day and play 40 minutes again. I like Michigan State to pull the upset on them in this spot. I think North Carolina has the, is the best team still left. I think they have a lot of good veteran players and young players to kind of come together. Like they've got Cam Johnson. they got Kobe White, the freshman. they got Nasir Little, the freshman. Cam Johnson, Luke May, the mm-hmm. older guys i think north carolina has the best combination here of of what the, you know what i mean of that yeah. of that freshman and as carolina has the best chance and as far as they match up best with every other team that yeah. is in one seed because they have a size well they're good and at they have a better rebounding and scoring and, and those experience. are two big, yeah and they play at a big time experience pace. like carolina i mean i i really do think carolina is the best team in the tournament yeah. i mean i'm still like them to win it all and that's the greatest thing about this tournament right now. I think that everybody has their own favorite, and it's not necessarily like – I'm not going to sit here and agree with you. Carolina has a great team. And I'm not going to sit here and say that, oh, Duke is 100 times better. They're absolutely going to beat North Carolina. Because let's face it, nobody has any idea. And there might be one person that does know, I will say, and that is the bracket center road who is still perfect through Sweet 16. Here's a little stat of the week for you. The – Chances, the odds that you have a perfect bracket at this point in the tournament mm-hmm. are one in two hundred eighty-one trillion. Which is two one in two hundred eighty-one trillion is essentially like saying that you could get, you know, you could get struck and struck by lightning and win the lottery in the same five seconds. I mean, that is absolutely insane. I mean, I, I can't believe the guy's perfect, and we'll touch on that after uh i mean we could go ahead and do it if you would really like to uh they have a chance that bracket has a legitimate chance uh they have gonzaga michigan uh they have gonzaga winning the michigan game uh past that point you know i mean it's it's all realistic they have duke gonzaga virginia and kentucky in their final four which obviously could happen kentucky probably would have to obviously beat your tar heels which would be tough. But I'm just honestly shocked that he has a perfect bracket this far along. Yeah, I, I can't mean, I, I don't understand how you even do that. Uh, I, we were talking about it. You know, all through March Madness, you kind of talk about the same things that you talked about the year before. It's kind of that tournament where you're just kind of like discussing the same points. Mm-hmm. Do you think there will ever be a perfect bracket? Because even this one is... Probably not going to be perfect. I mean, let's face it. Something's going to happen. No, I don't think there ever will be a perfect bracket. I mean... The, if you, the way you got to look at it is like we were just saying, there was no big upsets. If I've learned anything from March Madness, it's that there's always a big upset and there's always going to be big upsets. I mean, Oregon, the 12 seed, is really the only one, but I mean, realistically, they're Pac 12 champion. That's not that big of an upset. You know, like the Oregon's been a hot team. They've won their last 10 games in a row. So, as has Auburn, two hottest teams in the nation, arguably, but. I just don't really think there can ever be a perfect bracket. I think something crazy is going to happen this weekend. Like, obviously, me as a Florida State fan, I think Knowles are going to take down Gonzaga. I mean, it's going to be a close game either way. So, I mean, that one could happen there. I mean, Kentucky could go down to Houston. Um, being we, we, There's so many upsets that could happen. I mean, shoot, even North Carolina and Duke could go out. You know, Virginia, they could go out. I mean, we've seen I it mean, happen. We've, we've definitely seen some weird yeah, stuff you, happen in this tournament, and it's hard to count it out. I will say – to the man that filled out this bracket, mm-hmm. I feel horrible for him. The fact that he is hitting one one in two hundred eighty one trillion odds 
but he probably will still not win anything if Gonzaga loses. That just all like, right. You think how much sleepy? Up, how much think sleepy? You think that guy's gonna get going in tomorrow? I bet <laughs> he doesn't sleep a week tonight. Yeah. There's zero chance he's sleeping, and it's like that sucks. Think about hitting one in two hundred eighty-one trillion odds, and then not winning anything. Yeah. Like somebody's I mean, got to give him well, something. Well, realistically, though, he's probably going to win. I know each website, like ESPN, CBS, all the ones you enter your bracket in, they have prizes for the best bracket on there. So, I mean, he's going to win something. But, I mean, obviously, it doesn't compare to the – what do you win for having the – isn't it is – it Perfect a, bracket, the Warren Buffett. Yeah, yeah, Warren Buffett came out like about five years ago and said that if anybody in his lifetime mm-hmm. hits a perfect bracket, he will pay them – Straight up wire transfer of $1 billion. Yeah. So, I mean, the fact you can win a billion dollars or like a $500 ESPNshop.com store credit, I mean, you tell me which one's a a little bit more valuable or whatever. Generational changer. I mean, your family's going to be rich forever. Yeah. I mean, you get the perfect bracket, your life's changed. I was joking with everybody this week and I was like, yeah, I'm going to win the perfect bracket. My bracket's going to be perfect and then I'm going to buy my own sports network. So, look out for that. But unfortunately, it didn't happen this year. There's always next year, guys. But let me ask you this, Brad. Over under one and a half, uh, one seeds get to the final four. Mm, over under one and a half. I'm gonna go over. Easy. What's the what's the payout on that? I don't know if it's on the book. I'm just gonna <laughs> make something. All right, you know. All right, let's make do it a little more interesting. Let's go two and a half. Let's go two and a half. I'm still gonna. Uh, I'm gonna go over just because. I'm gonna go over just because I think that. Um, oh, man, this is tough. Yeah, I'm. I'm you said a under. I saw you do the most. Yeah, I'm going under. I'm going to go over just simply because, I mean, Virginia has a pretty easy route as long as mm-hmm. they can get past Tennessee. I think yeah. that Oregon puts up a fight, but I think Virginia withstands it. Uh, I think that UNC is probably going to get there, and I think that Duke's going to get there. I mean, I'm not sure about Gonzaga, but I do think those three are kind of like – I mean, they're the best teams to call it yeah, basketball. I don't, right Virginia is playing at an incredible, I mean, just unselfish play on that whole entire team. So I think mm-hmm. that they are going to handle Oregon and Tennessee pretty well. Tennessee is a weird team. Uh, mm-hmm. Sometimes they look incredible, and sometimes they just look awful. I think that Iowa game, that was a good thing for them. I think they kind of quit playing, you know, yeah. and they were a little tired too, so then they had to turn it back on. Ultimate, I mean, I agree with you. I think Virginia has a pretty easy route to get back. I think North Carolina does. I think I really like those two to get to the next day. It's Duke and Gonzaga that worry me. I think Gonzaga's got two tough games in a row against Florida State. And then either, I think if Gonzaga goes up against Michigan, they can get to the Final Four. Texas Tech, I would like Texas Tech to beat them in this game. I think Texas Tech's a great defensive team. They shoot the free throw as well. They shoot the three ball well. I think Texas Tech's just a really good team in general. And then, I mean, like I even said, I said, said since I have to be... It's like, you know, I mean, I can't be a homer. I said I have Texas Tech in the final four of the state. So, I mean, I think Texas Tech is the best team still in that region left. I also think Duke is going to have a tough time, like I said. If, if the Zion, RJ, and Cam have to go 40 minutes in, on Friday night, I don't think they can turn around Saturday and beat Michigan State. Michigan it, State's a deep defensive team. I think that that game favors them. It is tough, too, because uh, Duke is so reliant on those three. Mm-hmm. And uh, the fact that... They are banged up a little bit. I mean, Jack White's not healthy. Yeah, I mean, Delorier is not really healthy. Well, he's not not healthy. He's not experienced enough for one thing. Yeah, I mean, he didn't even play until the Syracuse game, hardly. He's also uh, kind of prone to making fouls, Mm -hmm. like stupid fouls. I uh, noticed that in the uh, UCF game at the end of it. Yeah, uh, they played seven players against UCF, and Bolden played nine minutes. Yeah, that's clearly, what I really say. Bolden is yeah. clearly not healthy as well. They need him and Jack White. Like they need Duke has no depth. I think that's what's going to come back to bite them. Yeah, that and the fact that they're so reliant on their three players and they're playing tight games. That UCF took a lot out of them. You know who Duke kind of reminds me of? This is a weird. This is kind of a weird uh, similarity to draw here. They kind of remind me of the Miami Heat big three that first year they were together mm. when they didn't have any depth, mm. and it was just the big three. You know, I so don't you're think. Saying, they, so you're saying that Zion's going to disappear in the post? Uh, I'm just saying they might run out of gas. I mean, I don't think Zion will play LeBron. LeBron James no, no, no. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm just drawing the comparison to three players. I think they're going to run out of gas against Michigan State. But hey, I'm not saying I'm always right. So I mean, I could be wrong. Oh yeah, for just, sure. And. I, I never – it's gotten to the point where, you know, there's like that list of names mm-hmm. that we have that you never want to bet against. Mm-hmm. Zion is creeping up on that list because he's scary. Like he's like scary in terms of just being like – like when he first came back from that injury, I was like, oh, Zion's going to have a slow night. Like 
we might actually lose this game. Zion's going to be slow. He was like 13 for 13. Like, this man is obviously a different human being than everybody else. Yeah. I don't want to bet against Zion. Outright, I don't want to. On the points, give me the points all day, yeah. baby. Yeah, mm-hmm. points-wise, you know, I mean, Vegas knows to fade him. But let's move on here now. Let's get back to the Final Four. Would you like to change any teams in your Final Four? I'm going to go with no. The only one that I would questionably pick is Gonzaga. I did think I slept on them a little bit. Uh, I think that – look, I, I'm issuing an apology to Gonzaga and their fans. I did not think Gonzaga was going to be able to, uh, you know, keep up their, like, you know, their history in the tournament. I just didn't think that they – I thought they were going to lose out early. And they still could to Florida State. They still could. But – they have looked really dominant. Uh, their big guys look fantastic. Uh, look, I apologize, Gonzaga. I'm, I might have wished that I could have pushed you in my Final Four. Although, you probably don't like to hear that because... Florida yeah, State, I definitely don't like to hear that. The old Seminoles. Can't uh, say that I disagree with you, though. But. Yeah, but I mean, hey, that game's probably going to be a very tough one. It's probably the best on that first matchup on that Thursday. Mm-hmm. It's probably going to be the best one. It's the first one, too. I think I think Texas Tech, I think that bracket has the best game. Gonzaga, FSU, yeah. Texas Tech, Michigan. I mean, those are going to be, be two great games. I actually, if I could replace it, look, I'm not going to say I'm going to replace any team in my Final Four just because I have all four rights still. It yeah, feels pretty I, good. I, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, what I'm saying. Great. We got all four there. But if I had to replace any team, I would honestly replace Duke with Michigan State. I just really think the lack of depth. I mean, Tom Izzo's been there before. I mean, We've seen Duke upset, like, I think back a long, long time ago. A lot of y'all probably don't remember this. When J.J. Redick was mm-hmm. at Duke, Michigan J. J. State upset him in the Elite Eight and went to the Final Four. I could see something like that happening. So, I mean, I'm on – I really like Michigan. I'm definitely going to take Michigan State with the points. It'll probably be a four points. It'll probably be plus four points. I think Michigan State covers that spread. Like you said, though, pinging Zion's hard. I'm not going to replace any team, but if I had to, it would be Michigan State. I will say on Zion – Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a cool little uh, stat over his last 13 games. Zion Williamson is shooting 70% from the floor and 42.3% from three-point territory, which is crazy because if you put it in comparison, John Morant shot 36% on threes this season, and Cam Reddish shot 33% on threes this season. So my point is back to that little bit about me not wanting to bet against Zion. Yeah. Zion is obviously getting better and better. So I think that Duke is one of those teams that is kind of like Virginia, kind of like what I feel about Virginia. I think they're getting better with, you know, better with time as the season progresses. This is really nothing for a freak athlete. I mean, let's yeah. face it, he's going to go to the NBA and play 82 games plus playoffs if he ever if he makes it, you know, and he, it's not going to be an issue for him. So I think that to Duke Superstars are going to be fine. It's just the depth behind them. And I also feel as though, I mean, Michigan State has lost Aaron's uh, with that knee or that ankle injury. I think they're also uh, lacking depth as well. And as far as the size, they're one of their best players. Um, I mean, Winston is going to be at a huge size disadvantage. Uh, with the R.J. Barrett matchup. I think R.J. Barrett's... Well, he'll probably be on Trey Jones. Yeah, well, yeah. But at the same time, on the offensive side, I don't think... On the defensive... Or on his side of the mm-hmm. offense, I don't think that Trey Jones is going to give him anything. Yeah, well, also look at Michigan State to play more of a zone in that game. I feel like that they're yeah. going to make Duke try to beat them from three. I mean, we For saw sure. Duke beat Virginia at Virginia with a with three, three ball. But if I'm if I'm Tom Izzo, I would say, look, Duke doesn't shoot the three ball well. I mean, Duke is Duke also though has one of the I think they have the best offense in the ACC inside the painted area. I'm pretty sure they do. So mm-hmm. I mean, if I'm Tom Izzo, I would say let's make them beat us from three in the first half. If they do, then we'll change up our defense. But in the first half, I'm looking for Duke to try to beat them from downtown. Ultimately. Though I don't think it is a can, but you actually brought up a good point. Let's talk a little bit about John Morant. First triple double we've seen in March Madness since Dwayne Wade. I mean, who would you t- who would you take first in the NBA or second in the NBA draft? Obviously, Zion. Zion would you take RJ or would you take Ja? Well, I I do like to bring up this point a lot. I, I it depends on what team I'm drafting for exactly at the same time. Mm-hmm. So, like, if I'm the Cavaliers, if I have the second pick and I'm the Cavaliers, I would draft. Morant. I agree. And if I had, you know, another team like maybe the Suns, I would think about drafting RJ. 
Too. I'd probably still lean Morant there just because I feel like Devin Booker's more of a, I like Devin Booker better as like being my two is my two guard yeah. rather than my one. You know? And John Morant has a knack for facilitating. I, I do I would agree with that. Uh I mean the good thing is the three best players are not necessarily Zion's one of a kind. Mm-hmm. I would say that RJ and John Morant are kind of not interchangeable, but they're kind of like the uh, Luca Trey Young situation. Yeah, it's kind of like it's all about preference, all about fit. Uh, I think that Trey Young obviously last year fit the Hawks better than he fit the Mavs. Yeah, he's better for the culture, you know. Luca fit the Mavs better than he fit the Hawks. Yeah, like look at so, the Mavs; they got all those European players. Yeah, the Hawks like for sure. Trey's Trey's exactly. What I, you need I in think Atlanta. that uh, yeah, I think that that's the case for most NBA drafts, and I think that it's hard to say who I would pick number two. Just I'd have to see the team that I'm picking for. So I'm gonna obviously I'm gonna say John Moran is probably my favorite player. In terms of pass Ion, he's mm-hmm. probably my favorite player in the draft. So obviously, out of just saying that he's my favorite player, I'd probably pick him. If there's no other, you know, <laughs> overarching issues or, mm-hmm. or overarching things to consider, so I, I would definitely pick John Morant. Yeah, I think Food. out of the teams that are going to be in the top five, I would take John Morant. Except for I think the Hawks are the only team who wouldn't take John Morant just because they already have Trey Young. Obviously, though. The three Duke boys are off the board at that point. You take him. I think it'd be kind of interesting if the Hawks try to run like a little like um, like a Harden and Paul kind of offense with Trey Young and uh, John Morant. That'd be fun to watch. But I think Tr- John Morant is a franchise player because the way he moves the ball. R.J. Barrett is too, but he's more of a scorer, like a Devin Booker type player. You know, like not as much assist, but the ball's going to stick there. He's going to get buckets though at the end of the day. So that's all that matters. But like you said, it's all about preference. So. I, I like that there. Um, All right, so for the sake of time, we're going to move forward. We're going to go with our bets. We've talked to, we've killed about everything that we could talk about yeah. in March Madness for the time being. And we're going to go with our our bets. Wait, what, what, what did you want to call this segment? Bets with Brett? Bet, bet with Brett and Thomas. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be, Thomas is included, but it's bet with Brett. Thomas is essentially how this is going to go. We're going to put three minutes on the clock. Thomas is going to give me his picks for the week i'm gonna either agree or disagree or whatever i want to do with it and then we're going to kind of uh compare and contrast i guess after it's all said and done Mm -hmm. so we're gonna put three minutes on the clock right now uh do you want to go we'll start with three minutes this might get shorter later on when Mm -hmm. we do this more often but this is the first go this is a guinea pig so we're gonna go with a guinea pig so three two one thomas you're on the clock all right, as all y'all are not surprised, my first play here is FSU plus seven and a half versus Gonzaga. I think we're a deep team. We got a lot to play for in this game with Phil Kofer having the hurt foot. He's doubtful for the game, but his father also died. So, I mean, FSU has the motivation here. I like the Knowles to cover this one. I I would almost pick them outright, but I think the Knowles can cover this number. They're deep team. They beat Gonzaga last year, so it's going to be a good game. Uh, second one I got right here, I've got Tennessee versus Purdue. I'm going Tennessee minus one and a half. I'm willing to lay the points here. I think Tennessee had a little bit of a scare last game, but ultimately I think Tennessee's the better team. They can cover the number. I think that they'll have a game plan prepared to shut down Carson Edwards here in this one. We know he scored 42 last game, so I'm pretty confident in both those picks so far. Next one, I'm very confident again. I got Texas Tech plus one and a half. Like I said, Texas Tech, great free throw shooting team, great three-point shooting team. Most of all, them and Michigan State are the two best defensive teams in the nation. I really think that Michigan State will win this game. Um, I've got Virginia. I mean, not Michigan State. Texas Tech will cover the spread at one and a half. I think they beat Michigan outright. Um, Next game, I've got Virginia minus eight and a half. Um, I like Virginia to cover the number here. I personally do not think that Oregon can play with them. Oregon's not a great three-point shooting team. Oregon doesn't score a lot of points. I think that this game could get ugly quick for Oregon. I think this game will go under the total, which is set at like 128, which is an extremely low total. Actually, I think it might have even been 118. I know the total was extremely low when I saw it, so I think this one will stay under the total here, and Virginia will cover the spread as well. 
Um, Michigan State minus six. I personally think that LSU, I mean, I think they kind of got lucky. I think Maryland is a below average, an average to below average Big Ten team. I mean, we saw Yale have a stretch in the game where they were one for 20 from three, and they barely even beat them for, beat them in that game. I think LSU is trended down. So I am going to go here with with Michigan State. I feel very confident in all these all these so far. There's only one of them I'm not very confident in. Um, let's keep it rolling. I got a minute seconds. left here, 50 Ooh. seconds. All right, I got UNC minus five versus Auburn. Auburn kind of lives and dies by the three. They like to get out and run. I think that UNC will say, let's run. Let's have a track meet today. I think that they run Auburn off the floor. I think they will shut down Auburn's three-point shooting. I mean, Auburn's won 10 games in a row. It's bound to go down eventually. Auburn is not a good – they're um, bottom 20 in the nation in defensive rebounding. I mean, not bottom 20, but they're one of the – they're not very good at, re, at, off, at defensive rebounding. Um, UNC's top 20 in the nation in offensive rebounding. Next one, I got Virginia Tech plus 7.5. We already know Virginia Tech knows how to beat Duke. I think that Virginia Tech can cover this number here. I think 7.5 is a lot of points. Virginia Tech's a great three-point shooting team. They're top 10 in the nation at it. Duke is not good at shooting threes, like I said earlier. Last one, Houston plus 3. I think if P.J. Washington doesn't go in this one, it's a number Houston can cover. P.J. Washington shoots 42% from three. Kentucky shoots 34% as a team. I like Houston. Boom. Got it in perfect timing, guys. All right, so I guess uh, three minutes was the right one to go with. I'm just going to do it pretty quickly. Uh, I'm just going to touch on the ones I agree with. I agree with your FSU pick. Plus seven and a half is a little bit ridiculous. That's what I'm saying. I think it should be four. Especially with, you know... Considering FSU is from the ACC, yeah, you know it just doesn't make sense to me. Tennessee, I agree, they're going to beat Purdue. Texas Tech, I also agree with, they're going to beat Michigan. And then I also think that UVA is a dis. I'm a disagreeing with you on this okay. one. I think that Oregon keeps it tight. I think that they keep it. I'm not going to say that it's going to be like crazy close, but I mm-hmm. think that they keep it within you know the eight and a half spread. I think that Oregon has that press that really keeps them in the in the games. I think they keep it around six or seven. Um, Michigan State also going to do a disagree. I think that LSU is kind of rolling on some uh, they're rolling on some like weird type of faith. Mm-hmm. It's kind of bizarre. Uh, I think that LSU. I've doubted them all tournament long. I think that they keep it within a close. You know. One to six. Michigan State loves to play the close games in the tournament. They really do. I mean, it's kind of their thing. Uh, I think Michigan State escapes, though. UNC, I agree with your take on. Virginia Tech, I disagree. I think that Duke comes out hot and beats Virginia Tech by about eight to 12. That's my take on it. I also think that Houston is going to get smacked. That's just my take on it. I don't think they have what it takes to keep up with Kentucky, I think that Kentucky is, uh, you know, Kentucky. Let's, yeah. I mean, they're Kentucky. It's hard to even say anything or more or less than that. I disagree with the plus three point spread, although I don't think that that pick is necessarily a bad pick. We talked about it earlier. Yeah. That pick is kind of like a 50-50 ball. Yeah, well, I only lean on Houston. Houston, yeah. I'm not very confident in yeah. either. Like it's I said, like a, yeah. yeah it's, P.J. Washington did, did get his walking boot off today, which is big. I don't know how effective, though, he'll actually be in that game. But, I mean, I, I lean towards Houston. I took Houston in my bracket. So, I mean, I'm on Houston in this one. But I I can't disagree with you on that one. So, I like the first, I like the first uh, bet with Brett and Thomas. Uh, we'll probably do reverse yeah. next time. Uh, the three-minute thing is – Kind of cool, kind of speeds things up. So that was the guinea pig, and I think that the guinea pig is a good guinea pig. I think that was a good one. Yeah, I think I think we're, gonna, I think we're gonna keep it around. Good. We're gonna keep him around. We're, yep. He's gonna be our pet. One thing we did forget to do though at the beginning was the quote of the week, and since it is NBA, and we're moving here to NBA. Okay. I think Hit it's it. the perfect time to Hit it. run it in. So I mean, last night I watched the. Unfortunately, I watched the Lakers Wizards game last night. It was a rough one to watch, but the quote of the week actually comes from after the game is over. So Chris Bosh his jersey retired. So after the game was over, Karan Butler interviewed LeBron, and he asked him about it, and LeBron said, "I thought about almost taking the game off and flying to Miami." for the ceremony but the NBA's been on my ass and so he said he didn't want to test him so I thought it was I thought that quote perfectly summed up the Lakers season that LeBron would rather go see Chris Bosh get his number retired than play in LA with his teammates I agree uh, I think that that quote should be coincided with that you know that tape of him sitting about seven or eight seats away from everybody yeah. else on the Lakers bench I think that he is LeBron is spread out 
like his interests are so spread out at this point that I don't think that he cares about anybody on that Lakers team at this point. I think that he has kind of reached the point this season where he doesn't really I don't want to say trust. I don't think he cares as much as he off, often does. He's eliminated from the playoffs. He mm-hmm. doesn't really care. He, this is vacation season for LeBron James. So he doesn't – it's obvious. After that quote, it was pretty obvious coming up to that quote, but it was it, it solidified LeBron's vacation year with that quote right there. I mean, he just doesn't care. I hardly can even blame him. He knew what he was getting into when he signed with the Lakers. You know, he kind of signed with the Lakers for four years kind of knowing that they weren't going to compete right off the bat. Mm. I think he knew that. I think he had a realistic idea that the Lakers might not miss the playoffs. He also missed about a month of the season. So I think that he's definitely in vacation mode right now. I don't think he cares about competing. He also airballed free throws. So yeah, it's quite obvious LeBron is not all there. I don't even know why he's playing. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm surprised he didn't sit out for load management. We saw Kyrie do it last night, which is yeah. pretty funny. But – that's it's, it's, it's enough for LeBron. You know, we don't want to talk about no. I mean, we don't want to focus Nobody on ever people. wants to hear about LeBron that often, especially when he's not in the playoffs. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You can go watch first take to hear about that stuff. But <laughs> anyway, let's get back to the NBA here. So we got uh, – we had – you know what? Honestly, this one hurts. So I'm, mm. I stay up late. I watched I watched this. it as well. Yeah, I saw I saw you tweet about it like right after it happened. I was on there tweeting about it too. We saw Joseph Nurkic center for the Trailblazers go down and break his – I mean, it was ugly. Like he fell down and then I remember they flipped the camera around yeah. to him and you could just see his leg and I could see like it wasn't Paul George was sticking out but you could see just you could see it was a compound broken. yeah it was a yeah, compound it, was, it broke through the scan I think that they actually came out and said that it was a compound fr- fracture uh, the good news is there's been a couple I love I love Twitter man mm-hmm. there's doctors on Twitter tweeting about injuries as they happen which is so cool yeah essentially a doctor tweeted about how he will make a full recovery uh, it actually his tibia is actually going to come back stronger because uh, just, just I'm not a medical school student. Yeah. Obviously, I could call <laughs> my brother up and he could help us out. But essentially, in the healing process, the yeah, should got Doctor Baker yeah, on yeah, here Dr. to analyze yeah. the, inter- the injury for us. Yeah, dude, that'd be pretty cool getting a doctor <laughs> on here. Yeah, but the healing process actually allows the bones to heal stronger than before. So that's a huge benefit. However. It was disgusting. Uh, I mean, it was literally, I would put Kevin Ware and Paul George in the same boat of horrific injuries. I mean, yeah, I didn't terrible. watch the replay. I, I the tried to not watch the replay. It obviously finds its way on Twitter. Oh, it I, I catches don't. me by surprise sometimes. Uh, it was probably the best camera angle that we've seen, which made it the worst injury. Yeah. So man, prayers the, up to Nurk. The, the whole, the whole situation is messed up. It's part of the game, but you hate to see it. Yeah. Prayers up for Nurk. Uh, that's a tough loss for the Blazers as well. We'll get into that right now. The Blazers should have CJ McCollum back for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think it's going to help them very much anyway. Yeah, already supposed to miss five more games. So yeah, he's going to be a little bit winded. Yeah, give uh, us the give us the stats you were saying about Nurk being Nurkic, out. So the real yeah. question is, can the Blazers still make noise in the playoffs? They've already clinched a playoff spot, but the real question is, can they do any damage? So I'm gonna just give I'm gonna rattle off some stats. You're gonna have to bear with us before we start talking about them. With Nurkic on the court this year, Lillard and McCollum both have plus minuses of over five point four. Lillard at six point two, McCollum at five point four. With him off the court. They both dip under zero on their plus minus. They're both negative. Granted, they're point, negative 0.3 and negative 0.6, which is not a good stat to see. It only gets worse for them as well. Uh, they're in this 1,974 minutes with him on the court. Their offensive rating is 116, and their defensive rating is 105.6. Jeez. With the Blazers not having him on the court, which is fifteen or one thousand five hundred sixty-five minutes with him out of, off the court, mm-hmm. it drops down by ten on their offensive rating and goes up by about six on their defensive rating. Not good for them. Uh, Lillard's, you know, his shooting percentages with Nurkic on the court are forty-seven and thirty-nine from three-point range. Without him on the court, it dips to forty percent from the field or from that's from the big. court. Yeah, that's big. And then 
32% from three-point range. Yeah, that's huge. He opens up a lot of mm-hmm. opportunities for the Blazers to score. And without him on the court, you lose you lose a defensive presence inside. He's a huge, like, I mean, he's a, he's a beast down there. Yeah, and I mean, Nurkic. rebounding. Yeah, and the big. scoring. I mean, it's bad. It's yeah. not good for them. Yeah, my biggest thing about Nurkic, too, is he's a bruiser. Like, he's a grinder. I watch the Blazers play a lot, and Nurkic gets into it. Like, you always see the other center in him getting after it with each other. Like, you see them both pick up flagrants, like, all the time. You know, Nurkic gets after it. He's, 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 their, he's their Draymond Green Yeah, he's style. a dirty work player. Like, he he plays hard. He, he doesn't care if he pisses you off. Nurkic is out there to win the game, ultimately. I mean, he's a great dirty work player. I really don't think the Blazers can do it without him in the playoffs. I mean, your stats show enough right there. Another interesting thing about the Blazers – here is the Blazers when they have Damian Lillard on the floor have the best offense in the NBA without him on the floor they have the second worst offense in the league only to the Cavs and when you and when you Combine that stat. Yeah, with Nurkic, I mean, that just makes it worse and worse. I mean, unfortunately, I think the Blazers will have a similar playoffs to last year. Mm-hmm. They might be able to win one game just because they're really good at home at the Moda Center. I mean, that's one of the toughest places and this, in the whole And this is a to team play. that's hot, too. I mean, mm-hmm. they won four in a row. They won. They ended up winning the game against the Nets in which he got injured in double overtime. Yeah, you could tell that both teams were kind of like, like right, let's up. just get out of here. Yeah, like, I mean, that. I mean, seeing someone like that on the court, I can't, I can't only imagine. I've never, Luckily, I've never seen anything while playing like that. Uh, I don't think anybody really has. There's been a handful of people maybe that's seen it. Yeah, I've seen similar stuff where, like, you can see the bones sticking yeah, out of people's yeah. ankle. But, I mean, like, when you see stuff like that happen, you're kind of like – Especially you, when you see somebody that's really, like, I mean, playing an all-star caliber. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just tough to see. Uh, you hate to see it. You really do. And, I mean, I think they're they're out. They were playing really well. They're a three seed in the West right now. It works out for – your Houston Rockets, who will probably pass them at the season end. But, I mean, you hate to see that Nurkic is out. Uh, thank God that he's making a full recovery for sure. Uh, but Blazers, tough loss. And I think that they're out of the West, the hardest conference. And, I mean, what is that? That that does some stuff for the Western Conference for sure. I mean, it's not enough time in the season to where the Trailblazers will drop out completely or, you know, drop down that far. So the matchup issues, I mean, look pretty bad. I think they would be playing either the Jazz or the Thunder in the first round, depending on how the season ends. And we'll see, man. I, I don't I don't like it. I hate that that had to happen. I really do. It sucks. But no, I agree. I thought the Blazers would have made a lot of noise in the playoffs with them in there. I thought they had, well, I love how the Dame and all them, I feel like they kind of play with a chip on their Yeah, that's what I was going to say, like, as, as a whole. Yeah. yeah, and, like, I would like, like, even watching that game after it happened, like, you saw Anthony Simmons, the kid, get in yeah. the game, and it was kind of like he went back over there and everybody was kind of, like, hugging. Like, I really feel like the Blazers are, like, a brotherhood more than a lot of these other teams. Like, you look at the Lakers and you see LeBron sit at the other end of the bench. Like, you look at the Blazers, everybody's, like, happy for each other. Everybody's laughing with each other. Like, every single player on the team posted an Instagram picture with Nurkic or something about Nurkic with some heartfelt caption you know like I feel like they really are a brotherhood and they're one of the better team teams in the league because I mean if you look at this team they only have one all-star I mean Nurkic and McCollum are two really good players are they stars in the league no but they're good players so I mean just seeing this happen, I mean, it hurt even to me just to see that happen. I thought the Blazers, like, I loved how they played team basketball. And, you know, they had their best season they had with Damian Lillard as the lead guy. And they still came out and they got swept last year in the playoffs. And you kind of got to be like, we got to split it up. I even said they should split it up. But they didn't. They stuck together and they're having an even better year than they and did last year. I think that it's a testament. I, I really think he's probably the most underrated leader mm-hmm. in the league. I think that Damian Lillard really knows how to bring this team together. I think that they kind of have this uh, – this like Motor City mm-hmm. type Detroit Pistons feel where they're just kind of like they're gritty, they're intertwined you know? they're, they're gritty, gritty. yeah, yeah. They're, like they really like to get in it one of the biggest contributors to that was Nurkic uh, you already did it you already hit a quote of the day but I just have to do this quote um, from uh, Gallinari mm-hmm. Danny Gallinari from the Clippers they used to be teammates him and uh, Yusuf Nurkic he tweeted to uh, Nurkic he said never he also has had an array of injury yeah. trouble in his career. He's torn his ACL twice. He's had a mm-hmm. couple breaks. He's missed full seasons, part of seasons. I mean, he's missed a lot of games. Uh, they're good teammates, good friends. He said, tweeted, never, never give up, my man. I know it's hard, but you'll come back to play. And then dot, 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 get the tears going. He said, I'll wait for you, which is like, 
an 80s movie line. But like they're foreigners is cool. I think that's like the, the that's the best tweet I saw from the Nurkic uh shout outs. I mean, mm-hmm. I think every player in the NBA almost tweeted about it. Yeah, I mean, it was it's sad, you know. Play, playoffs is what a week two, I think we have like 10 most teams have about 10 9 games left in the season. Yeah, so. and you work all season to get to the playoffs mm-hmm. and he did that and won't be able to kind of uh you know, see the fruitions of making the playoffs. You won't be able to, yeah. have to see that from somewhere else. Tough situation. I hate to see it for yeah, sure. Very, very, very tough there. So let's let's move here. Keep it keep it rolling. I know we're probably taking forever. How long we've we been going? Uh, we're up on forty minutes now, so we're All not right. too bad. Yeah, we're, we're not we're coming. Bad. We're wrapping this done. All right, let's keep it quick here. So right now, the Magic had a big win last night against the Heat, putting them back in the eight spot. We got the Magic and the Pistons both tied, or I guess the Magic are one loss behind. So the Pistons are thirty-seven. They're in thirty-seven. The Magic are 37-38. The Heat are thirty-six and thirty-eight, and the Hornets are thirty-five and thirty-nine. We got all those teams jockeying to get in the playoffs here. Even the Nets are thirty-eight and thirty-seven. So I mean, they're only really a game up on them too here in the sixth spot out of all these teams give me your two teams to get the seven and eight spot all righty i'm gonna say that um this is a this is a like i mean it's a trafficy area right here i mean this mm-hmm. is not a easy pick i'm gonna go with the hornets because okay. of Kemba. okay i think Cardiac Cardiac Kemba, Kemba in yeah. March is gonna come in and uh he's gonna scoop that a seed uh, other than that, I think it's going to be a toss-up between the Pistons and the Heat. I think that the Heat have a pretty—they have a pretty stacked-out team as far as depth goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't have any like great start players necessarily. I mean, they do and they don't at the same situation. But I think that they are able to sneak in. I think that unfortunately the Detroit Pistons are a step away from really competing. I do think the Detroit Pistons could scoop in during free agency and grab somebody maybe and help them out tremendously. I mean, they have the pieces. They have a great front court. Yeah. Uh, their backcourt is really what worries me. Imagine if they got D'Angelo Russell. Yeah, if they got Russell. I think Russell's staying in yeah, he Brooklyn. I also saw that he was giving via – he has a show. All these players have their own media yeah. outlets now. He has like a, this, I guess, web series in which uh, he kind of – you know, kind of LeBron's – does his thing with fellow HBO, athletes. He yeah. talks to fellow athletes. Well, recently, D'Angelo Russell, on his via his web series, brought in Kevin Durant and showed him a tour of Brooklyn. Um, kind of sketchy, especially, I mean, you know, you know, Kevin Durant loves to move around. So mm-hmm. I think that, that that Nets dream for them is still alive. I really do feel like that. And I know they lost the Blazers and the Nurkic injury game just weird game overall but i will say that was the first game in which dinwiddie lavert and russell were all playing up to their standards uh they've all dealt with the exception of russell both dinwiddie and lavert have dealt with injuries this season so they're kind of getting back into the swing of things so i mean the nets are for real honestly they're they're getting there, so I think that that he stays. I don't think he's going. Yeah, to no, I think he stays there too with the young team they got. I'm I'm actually going to disagree with you here. I still think the Pistons, like you said, will still get in the playoffs here. Actually, wait, did you have the Pistons in? Or wait, no, I you said, said the, the Pistons, Heat and the Hornets. I said the Pistons are. Uh, are out. Are out. Yeah, yeah. he said Heat and Hornets. All right, I'm going to go with the Pistons. The Pistons are playing their best basketball now. Obviously, over their last 10 games, haven't been as great. But then they kind of caught fire here over the last couple weeks. I think the Pistons can still get in. I think Blake Griffin has been there before he can take this team into the playoffs. You know, a team I've been on all season long. It's been one of my favorite teams to bet on. They've been getting very favorable lines all season long. I'm going to go with the Magic. Yeah. I really think and they're the hot Magic, right now. They're very hot. That's what I'm saying. The Magic are heating up. I mean, they just beat the 76ers. They're on a six-game win streak. They've kind of come back from almost out of it. Look, the Heat have Dwayne Wade, and that's about it. When I watch the Heat play and I look at the scores and I just watch these games, I'm like, geez, the Heat suck, man. Hold on. I think they suck. I want, I want the one reason I stay the Heat, mm-hmm. I want to 
push it into existence. I want to speak it into existence because I Wade. want D-Wade in the playoffs. Look, and I really do. I'm all about watching good basketball. If the Heat are in the playoffs, I, it'll be tough for me to watch a single game in that series. The Heat, like, I'm sorry, Miami, but y'all are probably the hardest team in the league for me to watch. I mean, it's just such ugly basketball. I've watched the Heat lose by 40 to the Hawks this <laughs> season. Like, I mean, the Heat, to me, there's a gross basketball team. I don't really like anything about this team. They're a very gritty defensive team, kind of led by Josh Richardson, Justice Winslow, Goran Dragic. You know, Dragic has been hurt most of the season. And they suck at home. They're 17-21 and 21 at home this season, which is not good either. I just really can't – I just – you know what I mean? I can't buy into the Heat. The Magic are one of the only – are the only team out of these teams that have a positive point differential. I think the Magic get in, and I just think the Pistons. I think they have the two better rosters. So I'm going Magic and Pistons here. I kind of like it. We're disagreeing with yeah, each other. Regardless, though, I think it's crazy. I mean, this in itself could be a stat of the day, the fact that 6 through 10 are separated by a game and a half. Yeah. And as good as the Nets have looked over the last month, mm-hmm. they are still – they hit a cold spell, uh, just lost. If they had a little cold spell, they could be bumped out of the playoffs. And, I mean, mm-hmm. it's crazy to think that as good as the Nets have been recently, they could still not be there. And with the Magic playing as good as they are right now, it's it's tough. I mean, the, the Pistons have lost three in a row. I mm-hmm. think that they're going to fall out. I really do. I think that uh, the Hornets have won four in a row. So, I think that they're my hot team. You went with the hot team in terms of picking the Magic. I went with a hot team in terms of picking the Hornets. And as far as the Heat go, I think that... The Hornets are heating up right now. Yeah, yeah, the Hornets are definitely heating up. It has a lot to do with the fact that... It has a lot to do with the fact that Kemba is cardiac Kemba. He's Mm -hmm. full-on cardiac Kemba. I mean, there's something odd. There needs to be some type of 30 for 30 about Kemba in March, even past the NCAA. Yeah, I'll never forget that shot against the buzzer beater. I will never forget it. Yeah, that shot was crazy. I mean, this man doesn't seem to be playing in terms of like yeah he doesn't seem to be playing in terms of i mean he just plays like a different human being in mm-hmm. march so i definitely think that kim was the one to pick uh moving forward we will go and visit the rockets versus bucks potential yeah well, potential you know mvp yeah, it was MVP matchup. Not quite not even was, potential. Yeah. It is the MVP matchup. Yeah, uh, so the question here would be, did you think Harden or Giannis made an MVP statement last night? I'm going to go ahead and answer this quick just because I know we've been going on and on for forever. No, honestly, I was very disappointed. I was sitting there all day waiting around on this game to come on. I was like, oh, hell yeah, Rockets, Bucks. Like, we're going to see Harden come out and make the MVP statement. I mean, both guys took – I want to both guys shot awful from the field. Yeah. Harden went, Harden had 23 points, but I mean, for Harden, we all know that's an off night. He was 9 for 26 from the field, 1 for 9 from 3. I mean, the Bucks actually kind of shut him down. They had an interesting defensive plan they threw at him. On the flip side of things, Giannis. Giannis shot pretty decent from the field, 7, seven for, for 15. But only 19 bad. points, 14, 19 rebounds, 14 rebounds, not really what you're looking for. I would say neither player here made a made an MVP statement, um, in my opinion at least, more so. I'd say the Bucks made a statement that they're going to come to play in big home games, which is huge for the playoffs the Bucks actually show, absolutely showed up and wanted to play. I mean, the fans were into it and everything. This was a playoff atmosphere. And last night, Milwaukee, I would not want to go there on the road. No, and they not. don't have definitely Brogdon not. either. Definitely not. So. Yeah, and I will say it does kind of help James Harden in the fact that they lost by 14 and him scoring 23. He was well below his average. And yeah. uh, I think that Minus that kind 20, of, or what was his plus minus last night? I know it was pretty bad. Minus 14. Yeah, so. helps him in the sense that he didn't play up to standard and they lost by 14. You could look at it that way. But hurts him in the fact that he played bad. I don't think that – I think that CP3 – I'm agree, agreeing with CP3 in the fact that he said that it didn't have really any any say or any, like, you know, mm-hmm. any credibility in determining the MVP. I mean, it's just one game out of the season, so I don't think it – Necessarily, nobody made a statement. Yeah, if one guy dropped forty on the other, I would have said, "Okay, that's an MVP yeah. statement." Nobody made a statement. The Bucks did make a statement in terms of being an elite team. I think that they are for real. I think that they could actually make some noise in the playoffs past the Eastern Conference. I think that they could actually put up a fight against anybody in the Western Conference. Win a game or two in the finals. Let's face it. I mean, this might be a good segue into segueing into that Paul Millsap stat, uh, but the Warriors are not the team that. They've been in the past right now. 
obviously they could pick it up and they'd be they will. become they, they will. They, they lost could become three points last year on the last day. Yeah, they could they outward. could become they could become unstoppable really quickly. But I will say uh, it seems as though Paul Millsap is the key to the Nuggets' success. The Nuggets are currently tied for the one seed. I've also said that I think the Warriors want to keep it close in terms of being the one or two seed, and they might actually choose to be the two seed because they don't want to face the Spurs first round. Uh, Popovich has that weird Popovich stuff going on, so mm-hmm. not a team that you want to see in the first round. But the Paul Millsap stat is pretty crazy. And let's see here. Let me get it up real quick. In 62 games that Paul Millsap has appeared this season, he has had a positive single game plus minus in 40 of those 62 games. The Nuggets are 39-1 and one in those games. So if Paul Millsap essentially plays well, the Nuggets win. So I think that that is a huge stat to look at. I think that the Nuggets are also a for-real team. Uh, I'm... I'm about done with the NBA talk for the regular season, man. I, 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 we can talk about it all day. I know both of me and you are huge NBA guys, so I think we could talk about this for hours on top of hours. But there's no point because playoffs are coming, and we'll get all the answers. Almost like the Game of Thrones playoffs mm-hmm. are coming. But yeah, I think that we're gonna get all the answers that we need. No LeBron James this playoffs, but hey, we got Giannis, man. Giannis is the new LeBron James in that Eastern Conference. Oh, yeah. So the other news out of the NBA, a quick one. Lonzo removed his big baller tattoo. That's something to look out for. We'll we'll keep touching on that. I already told LeBar that that he's no longer his father, too. So I'm just just kidding. You told him that? No, I'm kidding about that. (laughs) But, no, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's kind of funny. I mean, we'll see. You also saw LeBron tweet now, like, that picture of him in those Nike shoes in that preseason game. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't really think that's much. I mean, I don't really care about Lonzo. He's a real man, in my opinion. But other news, Conor McGregor retires, and then he had some sexual – didn't he have something come up? No, I remember he broke that phone down in Miami, but I mean that was literally that was all I saw. I didn't see any other news about McGregor and whatnot with the MMA. Yeah, I mean uh, Conor McGregor retired uh, almost about time. Yeah, under investigation over sexual assault accusation in Ireland, so it could have you know correlation. Correlation it could not. But we'll see. Uh, yeah. We'll keep it. We'll keep an eye on that one for future podcasts, but. That's about all we have for you this week, or at least this episode. We're me and Thomas are gonna work on a little MLB preview. Yeah, we'll have Ben back on with us. We'll yeah. probably record it later tonight. Probably won't air it though till Friday or Saturday. So, so y'all be looking out for that. The Braves and baseball are back. Uh, it's a long season for baseball, so we have some time before we really have to get serious about that. And other than that, keep. An eye out for March Madness. Things are going to get weird this weekend, so I hope you guys are watching. And thanks for tuning in. Thomas, take it away. I uh, appreciate y'all tuning in once again. Listen to me and Brett go at it. I think we were, what were we at, about an hour? About 52 minutes. Okay, so we kept it under an hour. That's cool. Not bad. We set the over-under at that at under an hour. So, I mean, we hit the under successfully with eight minutes. See if it – no, I'm just kidding. I might take all that up for y'all. But <laughs> follow me on Twitter at Hot Takes with TP. We have bets going on. You just BS for like the next eight minutes. <laughs> yeah, so uh, let's talk now, now, now. But for real, we'll let y'all get out of here. Follow me on Twitter at Hot Takes with TP3 on Instagram at TP3 underscore NBA underscore bets. That's all I got for y'all, Brett. Any closing words? Nope. Peace. See y'all. Peace.